would never lay eyes on her mama again, at least not on this side of the veil. May knelt beside the filled grave, laying a piece of a broken cup there. Most of the family had already taken off, heading south to May's house by car or by foot. Gilo's name on all their lips. They'd be talking for years to come, no doubt, about how May's youngest granddaughter seemed to have been kissed by the magic. Jesse himself didn't believe Gilo was his, at least not by blood, so May didn't know what to make of the spark that had passed from the grave to the girl. In this moment, she had neither the time nor the strength to consider its significance. It was only a short walk from the cemetery down Ogichi Road to the dirt road leading to her house, so even those relatives inclined to take a more leisurely pace had probably found their way to the turnoff. They all knew the way, even though most of them didn't live around here. Her mama had done her darndest to convince May and her siblings to get the hell out of Savannah, encouraging them to get as far away as they could. She'd succeeded to some degree with May's brothers and sisters, which had left the extended family scattered from Augusta to Jacksonville. Not far enough had been her mama's staple reply whenever May complained that her sisters lived too far for regular visits. Her brother, Louis, had made it as far as Macon, but he was gone now, too. Buried in a plot half a state away, mixed in with his wife Miriam's people. May, well, she'd married Reuben, and his job, as well as his inclination, had demanded they stay in Savannah. May glanced over at the empty plot between her husband and her mother, both chilled and comforted by the knowledge that she would one day take her rest there. But there'd be no rest for her today. Even though many of her kin had come bearing baskets of food to share, she'd have to see to feeding the horde descending on her home before packing them back into their vehicles or pointing them north toward the train station family as thick as a swarm of locusts today, and nothing but loneliness to contend with tonight. The caretaker of the cemetery stood at a distance, leaning on the same rake he would use to scrape the grave clear of the pottery as soon as the last of the family was out of sight. The cemetery belonged to the city, after all, and Savannah had no more room for the family's traditions than her fool of a daughter-in-law did. May was surprised to see a young white man approach the caretaker. Even from this distance, which made it hard to get a good look at his features, May could see his suit appeared well-made, expensive. His light blonde hair caught the light. May wondered what interest this buckra could have in an old black woman's funeral. His gaze fixed as it was on the dwindling party. She watched as the caretaker nodded his head again and again, like it was on a loose spring. He seemed anxious to convey his understanding of, or perhaps agreement to, the white man's words. The two conversed for another minute or so, then the white man reached out and patted the caretaker's back. He turned away and headed toward a shiny black car waiting just outside the cemetery gate. As the buckra drew near, another man, dressed in livery, rushed to open the car's back door at the exact moment of his arrival. You recognize that fellow? She asked Jesse with a small nod at the car that was already pulling away. 
An overtired Poppy began crying and tugging on her father's pant leg. No, ma'am, Jessie said, holding out the baby for her to take. She accepted Gilo from him and wrapped her in a tight embrace. Jessie knelt to scoop up Poppy. Probably just someone looking for the entrance of the white section. We should get back to the house now. Folk are there already, I bet. Maybe, she said. But seems to me that a fellow who can afford a car like that would have sent his driver to ask directions. Not come on his own. No, she shook her head, feeling a chill run down her spine. I think that man wanted to get a good look at us, at what we're doing here. I recognize him, her sister-in-law Martha said, drawing near and leaning in like she had good gossip to share. That there is that McGuire boy. He's probably come looking for your mama's help.